Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 150, the last of David's psalms, the last psalm in the Bible. Um, I want to mention if you're here, new or relatively new, we have a reception immediately following service today, a little reception in the back. We'd love to meet you and hang out for a few minutes. Um, It's going to be fun. Anyway, Psalm 150. You know, I got stuck the other day reading this psalm. It hit me in a way, you know. This is one of those psalms that I would kind of, I'd read it and just kind of just go right through it and really didn't think much about it. And I was always focused and on the last part of this psalm. Oh, it's only six verses. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, it says, praise the Lord. It's got, it's, it's got an exclamation point. So you, that's the way it's supposed to be done. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. And then it's got another exclamation point. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and the dance. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, clashing cymbals. Pastor, that music is just too loud. It's just too loud. Praise Him with the loud, clashing cymbals. <laughs> Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you haven't, if you haven't read your Bible with your eyes wide open yet you'll find out that David was amongst the most radical people that's ever lived. David was a radical. He was totally radical. Every part of his life was radical. And he he was a a radical worshiper because he had been touched radically by God. It was a response of what had happened to him. And uh, we know we see one of the, you think of David, you think of him dancing with all his might into the streets of Jerusalem before the Ark of the Covenant in one place, it even says he was dancing in his underpants in front of the whole crowd. Dance, he just danced his clothes off or whatever it was. and Just he was beside himself. Richard, I think they did a movie called David called by, with Richard Gere, Gere or whatever his name. He didn't even come close to where David was, I'm pro- I promise you. Anyway, I want to, the, the second part of the song, you know, I got stuck in, the, I, I'd always think about the second part of the psalm when it talks about the trumpets and the lutes and the harps and the tambourines and the dance. And, you know, some of that stuff is, some people don't like all that. And, and, uh, the people that don't like that usually don't come to Victory Fellowship. They don't like that, that part. But, but I want to, those first two verses tells us why. And I'm going I'm to share with you these first two verses today why we do all, why David said to do all this stuff that we do. And this is, this absolutely, I got stuck reading this in my devotions the other day, and it astounded me, where it says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. So I want to talk about that. And, and you know, I, I, I um, come to the conclusion that David was a he was a type and shadow of New Testament worship. There was no one like before him or after him in the Old Testament. He was unique in his worship in the Old Testament. And he was unique because of the, the special anointing that God placed on his life. He was anointed to write songs. He was anointed to worship. And he was anointed 
biblically to display or to prophesy with his life about the coming move of the Holy Spirit that would touch all flesh. David's life was prophetic. As a matter of fact, we see in Acts chapter 15 when they were discussing the spread of the gospel. It was had broken out and had spread, begun to spread significantly to the Gentiles under the ministry of Paul the Apostle. And Paul went back to Jerusalem because, frankly, the Jerusalem church was upset about the, the growth amongst the Gentile world because now Christianity was becoming more Gentile than Jewish, and they weren't happy about it. And Paul went back to give a report. And at the end of his report, James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, it says in Acts chapter 15, he stood up and began to, to proclaim from the book of Amos, and, he, and this is quoted in Acts 15, 16, and 18. This is what, what, Amos, uh, what James said, quoting from the prophecy. He, he says, quoting the Lord, after this I will return. The Lord says, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. Now, for those that don't know, that is extremely significant. The tent of David was the, was the leftover torn up tent of tabernacle of Moses that had fallen to disrepair, been thrown. David went and recovered it. He brought it from, from its place in Shiloh and he brought it up to, to Jerusalem and pinched the tent there. There was, there was the, the, the tabernacle was in disrepair. All the, the stuff wasn't in place anymore. And he took the Ark of the Covenant, put it under this tent. And that's where David would worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness before the Ark of the Covenant, before the manifest glory of the Lord. And over the years of David's life, he, he wrote hundreds and, hundreds and thousands of songs, and he raised up a team of worshipers where there was actually 24-hour worship all year long with his Levites and singers and, and the choirs and the musicians. And it was an incredible time of spiritual renewal in Jerusalem. And what James is saying in this, he says, I'm going to rebuild this temple that was fallen. And he's, he's applying this prophecy to the raising up of the New Testament church. That's what James is doing. He's saying the restoration of the New Testament church is the fulfillment of the fallen tabernacle of David. David was prophesying with his life what this last day church would be like. Every tribe, every tongue, every village, every town, and every nation around the world before Christ returns. A place for the glory of his presence. A place for the glory to come. And people to worship and celebrate before the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul. To demonstrate the goodness of God with their life and with their lifestyle. That's his prophecy. I'll rebuild its ruins and I'll restore it that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. So he is saying, I will restore the tabernacle of David that has fallen. Victory Fellowship and churches like this around the world are a, fulfill, a fulfillment of what God is doing in the life. I, I believe, I believe our church will be, is a, and I, I, I'm trying to, I want to say this with as much, with humility, a prototype of what God's going to do in the last days. Amen. A prototype. In this, our church, in the days before the coming of the Lord, our church will look like a Baptist conservative church in comparison to what's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It won't be, it won't be orchestrated, it won't be pre-programmed. It'll be spontaneous response to the glory of His majesty that's going to visit the earth in a large scale 
and churches of celebration will be common and every tribe and every tongue will experience for a short season before the Lord returns. That's what I think is going to happen. So I, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of speaking in tongues. I'm not ashamed of singing in tongues. I'm not ashamed of dancing before the Lord. I'm not ashamed that somebody might shout and, and make you feel uncomfortable in service. Just be happy that you're in a church where somebody with a, a problem can come and shout and not get thrown out. There's plenty of the other ones. There's plenty. Every stripe, every flavor. You can pick one. Praise, praise God in his sanctuary. Now here's the first, he's, David gave us four good reasons to dance and sing and shout and to get crazy for God. He said, praise God in his sanctuary. Now David's sanctuary was different from most sanctuaries. David's sanctuary had a cloud in it. David's sanctuary had a, a manifest presence of God. You couldn't just go walking in there without getting knocked down. You couldn't go walking in there with sin in your life. You'd get wasted, waylaid, knocked out. He was, the, the cloud of the glory was in the sanctuary that David was talking about. So it's talking about praising God in his sanctuary. This sanctuary to, in, the, in, the, in our day is the local church. Here's two scriptures that talk about it. Psalm 133, another Davidic prophecy about this. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head, the anointing oil running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments on every member of the congregation. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing. There is a place of commanded blessing. There is a place of commanded blessing. It's in a place of unity and harmony. It's flowing with the harmony of God in a Holy Ghost church. It's the place of commanded blessing. You get in that atmosphere you, and you begin to yield to that atmosphere and cooperate with that atmosphere. You can't help but get blessed. It's the place of commanded blessing in that, in that in place. Jesus said it like this. I preached on this. You should get the, 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 the teaching from Wednesday night. I taught all about this Wednesday. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, Jesus said, the word agree is the word symphonio, come together in harmony as a, as a musical instrument participating in a gigantic symphony. Each one of us are playing our part in the house of God and God's corporate song. It's a place of harmony. This unity is seen powerfully and we, we begin to see this, this unity that, that, that Jesus is describing displayed in its greatest capacity, when churches come together and begin to sing harmoniously in the Holy Spirit, when we begin to sing that beautiful song. You know, I was talking about my, my heritage as a Christian, and, and I thank God for that, that Bible school that I went to. I can remember hundreds of services. We'd come together with our, our small group of people that were there in that school and we were there we would be worshiping and worshiping and worshiping we began to sing sing songs together spontaneously in in the holy spirit all of us singing in, in the heavenly language melodies and harmonies and just singing and singing and singing and the glory of the lord visiting us was it a place of of confusion oh no it was that most incredible harmony and unity i've ever experienced 
all of us singing different languages at the same time, blending together like a beautiful angelic sound. It was the place of commanded blessing. It's the place of commanded blessing. It's the place of unity and presence and power as we yield as we yield to that one spirit that's amongst us the holy spirit begin to allow him to to captivate us and fill us and begin to sing and worship out of us supernaturally god is a spirit they that worship must worship in spirit and truth through harmonious holy ghost worship begins to come out of us and and harmonize with the atmosphere of the body of christ with yielded brothers and sisters one heart and one soul Worship God in the sanctuary. It's the place of answered prayer. It's the place where strongholds are torn down. It's the place where the powerful presence of Jesus is amongst us. So we come together and praise God in the sanctuary. Oh yeah, in this New Testament church, the sanctuary, we can begin to experience some of what David experienced with the cloud of his manifest presence. It may not be a visible cloud, but that cloud comes amongst us. We might not see anything with our physical eyes, but our eyes will be open to the glory of His presence amongst us. Our ears will hear His sweet sound, and our heart will beat with excitement as we feel the warmth of His glory falling over us and His oil pouring on our heads as we come together in that place of commanded blessing, worshiping God in the sanctuary. Oh, I look forward to these services where we gather together throughout the week, whether it's Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night or small group where I come together into the sanctuary of the Lord, the place where God has chosen to dwell, and I worship Him like no other place. Oh, I can worship Him all other places, but it's different in His sanctuary. Oh, yeah, I believe in His organized church. I believe in it. I've heard so many, oh, I'm spiritual. I don't believe in the, I absolutely believe in his organized church. God is a God of structure and organization. He's established his church. He raises up and he puts down. He places, raises up pastors and he pulls down pastors for his glory. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God in his sanctuary. It's the place of commanded blessing. He also said, to praise his glory displayed in the heavens. Oh yeah, so we can step outside and see his handiwork. Paul, David said in Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Paul said in Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, listen to this, the invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen ever since the creation of the worlds. Paul says that the whole creation of everything was for the purpose to display the eternal power and the handiwork to reveal a glimpse of what our God is like. That's what the purpose of creation is. The attributes of God are clearly seen in creation. And when you begin to have your eyes open, they cry out for worship. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to just to to get your, push your buttons a little bit this morning about about God. God's revealing his eternal power and his eternal nature. I went on the internet yesterday and started looking up some things about the universe. The closest star is a star, a a three-star, and it looks like one star, but it's actually three stars called Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri, it's four light years away to the nearest star. That means it takes light, which travels 186,000 miles a second, 
Everyone say 186,000 miles. Light travels that far in a second. And it takes four years for light to travel to the nearest star. It's a pretty far piece. Now, I wanted to check out, well, the observable universe. That's the phrase that the scientists use, the observable. Everyone say observable universe. Now, what they're talking about is a universe that can be seen from a satellite from the Hubble spacecraft. That's what they're talking about, the observable universe. They say the observable universe is 93 billion light years across. 93 billion light years across the observable. That's what they can see with their telescopes as far as they can see, which is incredible. Now, in that observable universe, they estimate there are 100 billion galaxies. Now, what is the, we, live, we live in a galaxy. Ours is called the Milky Way. It's 100,000 light years across this one galaxy. Are you listening to me? Now, I don't understand. These numbers are pop, that mean nothing to us because they're so huge. But 100,000 light years across one galaxy, and there's 100 billion of them out there. Now, it's overwhelming, and that's the way God is. When he does something, he does it. It's, it's like the boatload sinking fish. He just is, he's shocking. He's shocking. And when you, begin to, when you begin to step out and begin to see that this, it couldn't have happened by accident. It's the work of a, a creator. It's organized. It's systematic. Everything is perfectly in place. The creator of the eye and the nose and the, and the hair and the mouth and smell and taste and feel and love and singing and, and, and water and air and heat and light. The creator of all these things, not by accident. He formed them with the word of his mouth. Let there be light, and there was. He's the creator of all these things. When you begin to see it, he says, praise the Lord in his mighty heavens. Praise the Lord with the trumpet. Praise him with the dance. Praise him with singing, with the clashing cymbals, with the tambourines, and with the drums. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Yeah, we're praising God. We're praising, we're praising Him in the sanctuary, His revelation in His church. We're praising Him under His mighty heavens. He's the creator of it all. When we see it, we bow in humility before the greatness of this God. You know, Paul carried something on his life because of what happened to him. He was a worshiper because of what happened to him on the Damascus Road. He couldn't shake it the rest of his life. He touched the untouchable with the lightning of God that hit him. And he began to see into that eternal world. So praise God in his sanctuary. Oh yeah, praise him in his mighty expanse. And then David said, praise him for his mighty works, his mighty deeds. The greatest of all his works. Greater than creation. Greater than this infinite creation that we can't even begin to fathom. There is a greater work still. The greatest of the works of God. It's the redemption of fallen man. Oh yeah, he created us in his image to fellowship with him. And we fell into sin. We became a a, a race of rebellious People, rebellious against our God, allegiant to the God of this world. Lucifer the fallen. 
We fell under his spell and we rebelled against our God. And our God himself became one of us, took upon himself the form of a human, born of a virgin, and came into this earth to represent us, to display the Father in the form of a man and to die his death on the cross, to display the glory of God. I'll worship him for his mighty deeds. Worship him for the work of redemption. Paul said it like this. In him we've obtained an inheritance in Christ, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So God has revealed himself in redemption. Oh, wait, he's longing for that day. Oh, yeah, when the bride of Christ, the crown of his creation, uh, the chosen jewel of his redeeming work, the purchase of the blood of, of Calvary, when he presents her as a chaste virgin from every tribe, from every tongue, from every ethnic group, one heart, one soul, and presents before his father, his precious bride, those redeemed and washed in his blood, clothed in the garments of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God for his mighty works. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise God under his mighty heavens and praise him for his mighty works. Now think about us. <laughs> his mighty works. You think about, we can get more specific at the miracles. Worship God for the miracles in your own life. I thought of this scripture in Matthew 15, 31. So the multitude marveled. They marveled when they saw the mute speaking. The maimed made whole. Maimed, that's like armless people, people that have been like quadriplegics and stuff. Can you imagine? Arms are bam, growing out. It happened in the ministry of Jesus. The maimed made whole. The lame were walking and the blind were seeing. And what was it when they saw all this? They began to glorify or worship the God of Israel. You know, this is, this is the purpose. Oh yeah, this is the purpose of the mighty works of God. He found you in your sinful condition and washed you from your sins in his own blood so that your life can be filled with happiness. But more than that, so that your life can sing the glories of God, that your life can testify that your God is good and that his works are great, that people can see the handiwork of God just as they see his handiwork in creation. They can look at you and know what you were and what you've become by the handiwork of God. They see him pulling you out of alcoholism and not only forgiving you for it, but delivering you from it. He sees you, them bringing you out of pornography and immorality, not only forgiving you from it, but making you a holy man or a holy woman of God, bringing you out of the dark pits in this world of compromise and the stench of living an ungodly lifestyle, not only washing you from your sins, but bringing you out and making you honest and compassionate and courageous and and kind and loving and holy before the Lord. We are the His workmanship. We are His workmanship. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for His glory. Wow. So praise God for His mighty deeds. I'm sure you've got a list of them in your own life. 
What has he done for you? What has he done for you? What has he brought you out of? And if, he, you, if you're going through something right now, rather than getting despaired and say, why is God not doing what I need done more quick? Just start writing a list of what he has done over the years. Write it down. Take a look at it. Write down everything you can remember that he's done for you. And begin to give him thanks. And begin to worship him for his mighty deeds. Begin to worship him for the mighty deeds that he's performed in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah, and finally David says, he saved the best for last like the Lord always does. He says, worship him for his excellent greatness. Praise him because of who he is. Praise him for his excellent qualities and his goodness. This comes by revelation. This comes when God comes down and you stand there stunned at his reality. Stunned. That's what happens when the anointing comes and you experience it for the first time. You are stunned by his power, by his holiness, by his purity, by his kindness. You are stunned by how real he is and how close he's come and how someone like you could be brought near and you're annihilated before his presence. This is... um. Second Chronicles 5, David's son dedicating the, the temple that was in David's heart all his life, Solomon. It came to pass. And here he's following his dad's exhortation in Psalm 150. Get out the trumpets and the singers, dancing and singing. It came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. Everybody say as were as one. That's the place of commanded blessing, the place of agreement and harmony in the house of God. They were, they were as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, they praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That then the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Now the glory, you know, we talk about the glory in his presence. Have you ever really stopped and thought, what is what is the glory? What is the glory? In Psalm 29, 2, David said, Give unto the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The glory of the Lord is his manifest, felt, or perceived presence. That's what the glory of the Lord is. But what, yeah, but that, but what, what is it? It's manifest, it's felt, it's present, it's real. It's tangible. But what is it? It's the revelation of the inner nature and character of God. It's his nature revealed. It, uh, you don't have to see anything. It's his goodness. It's his kindness. It's his holiness. It's his power. It's his wisdom. It's his generosity. It's his lavish abundance. It's his holiness. It's his patience. It's his incredible kindness. It's his sovereignty and his sovereign plan. It's his eternal nature. And the list is an, e an eternal one of the characteristics of our awesome God, of what he's like. When he comes, he comes and begins to, the beauty of his nature begins to be sensed. That's why every time he comes, it's different because he'll come and he'll come in his power or he'll come in his holiness or he'll come in his generosity or he'll come in his wisdom. He comes. 
He comes again and again and again and again, and he rests in his church. And when the glory of the Lord comes, this is, this is what David's life was about. One thing, one thing, David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house, in the house he's talking about was the tabernacle with the manifested glory, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the glory of the Lord. That was the one thing. Oh yeah, when, if, if that's irrelevant to you, you need a taste of the one thing. You need a, a drink of the one thing. They need a greater revelation of the one thing. There needs to be a, a, a stepping into the river, a stepping into the greatness of who he is, of what's available for you. What a tragedy that many of us do not participate or experience or long for what's been purchased for us. What's been purchased for us is not just length of days. It's not just eternity. It's not just length of days. It's a quality of existence that begins the day you're born again that will ramp up when you step into heaven. It's the quality of life that we enjoy in God. That's what's been purchased for us. That's what's been purchased. Sikamande say, yeah, there is a place of commanded blessing, a place where unity dwells, Oh, yeah, it's in the house of God. It's in the place of His presence. It's in the place where walls fall down and barriers fall down and unforgiveness seems ridiculous and bitterness is insignificant because we've all offended and we've all sinned, but God's forgiven us and all of it falls down as He's forgiven us. We forgive one another and stand without barriers in the glory of His presence, washed in His blood. The racial barriers fall down. Prejudice falls down. Greed and covetousness falls down. Bitterness, it all falls down. Resentment, it falls down. In the glory, in the glory of His presence. 180s, He's turning us around. He's turning His ship to follow after Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.